0: face poker face <laughs> ma poker face this is episode 6 of extra hot Great for the week of November 15th yeah 2010 i'm here with joe reed hello and tara ariano hello And special guest star, Mark Blankenship. Why, hello there. This week's episode, Mystery in the Woods. (laughs) Mark, thanks so much for joining us this week.
1: Well, it is, as I was saying before we even went on the air, I am very flattered
0: to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.
2: Should Mark tell the audience a little bit about himself?
0: He certainly should. Mark? Yes, I understand that you have a site called The Critical Condition. Yes, I do.
1: I run a pop culture criticism website called thecriticalcondition.com. Oh, it's actually called The Critical Condition. You can find it at (laughs) thecriticalcondition.com. And uh, I like to say that it is an awesome site for reviews. Uh, No, 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 no. It's a site for awesome reviews of movies, music, and TV. You can tell that I'm so passionate that I don't even have to prepare. That's (laughs)
3: how much I care. Now,
1: Mark, Yes.
3: true or false... Uh, You and Joy Behar are having an illicit affair and are ready to go public.
1: Uh, The affair is not illicit, is in fact being broadcast (laughs) on the headline news.
3: I have been
1: fortunate enough to be a guest on her show twice, and the producer uh, seems to think that I've got at least halfway coherent things to say, so hopefully we'll be back soon. And uh, I guess the other big news is that I did create a piece of art that embarrassed my mother. (laughs) That's I learned in an email that I received this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Literally. Uh, I just recently with my partner directed a music video for a naughty parody of the Vanessa Williams classic Save the Best for Last. Uh, You can find that music video at thecriticalcondition.com. And the reason it's naughty can perhaps best be summed up in the fact that now the song is called Save My Ass for Last. Yep. And if you need to know more, well, <laughs>
2: we'll I, link. We'll link to it in the
0: chat. Yeah, yes. it's 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 a family podcast, so I won't <laughs> any further than Tara that. and I were there for the worldwide uh, debut. We absolutely yes. were. It was yeah. great. It was something. It's, it's worth it, and it is something.
2: <laughs> and one, just one final question for Mark before we move on. Mark, is it true that Miss Blankenship from Mad Men is based on one of your actual uh, ancestors? Here's the funniest thing that happens <laughs> about
1: living your life as a Blankenship. <laughs> There are more of us than you'd think. Yes. So while I am probably in some distant way related to that fine deceased secretary. Fictional character. Yes. I don't think I ever remember seeing her at any of the family reunions in
0: uh, Tennessee. You'd remember Well, not
2: if she died in 1965.
0: See, don't try to get up here and confuse me. I'm your guest, Mark. <laughs> but do you realize your like, uh, your name in MASH game would be Boobin Chip? <laughs> Um No, but that actually got me excited right now. Thank you for that.
2: Thank you, Mark, for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. So
0: here's a little background. Uh, Tara hooked up uh, Joe and Mark real uh, estate-wise a long time ago. Gosh, that's so true. They used to be roomies. Uh, No longer roomies. There was a giant falling out. It was pretty ugly. (laughs) This is the
3: first time (laughs) we brought them back together. (laughs) First of all.
0: He knows why. Uh He knows why we're not (laughs) living together anymore. So um, I understand that uh, you guys um, have a shared passion when it comes to Late evening television-wise.
3: Look, I'm I'm just going to say that uh, about a week ago, I was catching up on my DVR, uh, watching the Jeopardy, as I do, and I noticed that Alex Trebek said that the college tournament was coming up next week, and I immediately got on the phone, and I think maybe sent Mark about three text messages. <laughs> yes. All in caps. One of them might have just been, "Whoa, well, what? Because <laughs> we have a special place in our heart for the Jeopardy College Championship.
1: And I think it goes... It needs to be said that we have a very special place in our heart for Jeopardy in general. Oh, yes. That Jeopardy in general actually brought us together so that we made that... That's true. uh, We made that transition from roommates to friends, Mm -hmm. I think, almost on the back of Jeopardy. That's true. (laughs) But that within the sphere of Jeopardy, the college tournament... It's the, the creme de la creme. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's the incredible. best.
2: Before we get to the specifics of the college tournament, can you yeah. guys talk a little bit about your house rules for watching Jeopardy? Because <gasps> I know our listeners must have their own house rules, too, and I'm always curious yes. how they change. Ours were very, to
1: very rigid, too. Yeah, and in fact, my partner, Andrew, um, who stole me away from Roommate Joe, <laughs> That's true. when he would watch Jeopardy with us would be forcefully... Brought into line if he tried yeah. to that <laughs> yes. uh, The first true. rule is you may not begin to answer until the question has been finished. Do not jump in. Including you,
0: Dad. Do not jump in.
2: <laughs> I think that's that's fairly standard. To,
0: do you get to answer normally? Do you have to nope. put it in the form of a question? You have to answer in the
2: Whoa. form of a question. Yeah. Whoa! We're playing yes. Jeopardy,
3: people. That's right. We're that's playing Jeopardy. serious. If it's and in single Jeopardy, you will be reminded to answer in the form
0: of a question. If it's in double Jeopardy, you are on your own. And how, how do you do scoring at home? Do you actually <laughs> keep track of dollar amounts or you just... It. Are you mm-hmm. playing for points? Or are you just no? Playing? We just we in our heads we know who's coming yeah. out ahead. But here's the other thing I think that's really key about our way of playing Jeopardy. Yes.
1: When the final Jeopardy category is announced. Yes. We in the commercial break make blind guesses. Oh, at we do, do right that way. too. The do you really? I
2: think we got that from Kim. And you I know think who's we done it twice. That.
1: Tara. Yep. Well, I've done it once. He's done it Joe once. Stein. And I, once. Didn't you do it once? Oh, no. Oh, no. I did it once. I think it <laughs> Thank was Thank you Einstein. for bringing it up, though. <laughs> well, you know, any chance to two mine one. I, I think mine was Einstein <laughs> that was. I got right away. It I was. was
2: so close to getting one this week, because I recorded it once I knew we were going to be talking about it this week with a college tournament. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, guessed, I guessed 1984, and it ended up being Animal Farm.
1: Oh, oh that is. You would have gotten close. half credit
3: <laughs> in, our, in our...
2: Or at the very least,
1: cosmos. Snaps Up.
3: So. Yeah.
2: so the college tournament.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um... I think part of the reason why we love the college tournament so much is because we tend to... We're, we would always watch the uh, Alex Talks to the Contestants. I know some people fast-forward past that. Because it can get boring. Yeah. Yes. But we would use that part to sort of create these uh, complicated narratives about yes. the contestants. So we would know who we were rooting for and who we hated. Yes, And the college tournament is so much better, better for that because their colleges themselves give you such a great window into who they probably are. Florida State. Right, Florida State and also- Ohio State, I'm watching you. I'm sorry, I think you mean the Ohio State University. God, that girl was such a pill. But the thing is, is that
1: one of the joys of Jeopardy truly is being able to make snap decisions about the character of right people that are playing. And then, like Joe says, there's just something- and this might be evil, but there's something especially satisfying about quickly judging and creating elaborate mythologies
4: <laughs> for
3: for people in their it's teens true. and twenties. Well, because they're they're the they're the overachiever type of kids that it's really fun to just sort of like imagine. Because I'm just going to be frank, we all probably know a little bit about overachieving yes. <laughs>
4: college we
3: may see a age, age of people. Ourselves. I mean,
1: we do watch Jeopardy with rules. This is this is true.
3: We're not we're not. Uh, better than anybody except for that Ohio State baby. <laughs>
1: but the thing that's also important about College Jeopardy, the, oh, let me back up, the other thing that's true about Jeopardy is that it is the only television show that I watch regularly that gives me a sea of potential television crushes who are probably smarter than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I think I'm smarter than everyone else I watch. I but don't you know, know about a
3: sea. Well, a well Mark really. has a very specific type though that and is well represented on, on the Jeopardy If you're, if you're, okay. if you're pasty tournament.
1: and brainy, yeah.
3: <laughs> That that's what I'm into. So,
1: the College Jeopardy tournament, for whatever reason, seems to produce every year at least one person that I can just crush on to a crazy degree, and then he becomes my totem for mm-hmm. the entire tournament. Nick Yozamp, I still think of you.
3: Yeah. Holler out <laughs> to Nick Yozamp. Who was, can I guess who maybe your guy was this, this year? It the field sl- of decidingly slim pickings. It was Slim Pickings this year. Was it the Texas AM guy? No, no it was the guy from Yale.
2: I was going to say, oh, the, the Yale guy from Yale. He, he was seemed, cute. He yeah. seemed so.
3: I didn't want to jump on the college, the internet uh, bandwagon here but he seemed super aspergers y to me and just The Yale well, guy? No, yeah. the Texas
2: Answer. A&M, guy, A&M well, guy was more he, he was practically y- Abed. But <laughs> Yale
3: guy did the <laughs> Yale guy was like what is dreams? That is that's yes, you're right. That I was I
0: think I was mixing them up. I on also my admired head. Right. his
2: his his buzzer technique with arms yes. crossed. Yes. Buzzer <laughs> high. Yes. That's smart. Oh my God. Because your arm gets tired if you have it King, out. King Tut style. Right. Do you
1: know who else had the arms crossed buzzer technique? Lemuel Lemuel Jackson. Jackson. Which is actually the name of this contestant. We we created this name for him because he looked like Samuel L. Jackson's slightly nerdier brother. Aww. Way way nerdier brother. And he was a champion for, he was a major champion. He even made it to the tournament. He made it to the tournament of champions. And we had this whole elaborate thing for Lemuel L. Jackson where he would answer and say, I'm tired of all these daily doubles on this motherfucking show.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, it was the Magna Carta, and I hope it burns in hell. <laughs> fun. I love Lemuel L. Jackson. I have to tell you.
4: Does the Clue Crew look like a bitch? <laughs> Does the Clue Crew look
3: like a bitch? The why are you trying to fuck the Clue Crew right? Like 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 it's bitch. a bitch? So but they do. So they, they do. Oh, I hate the more. Clue Crew. We. That's. The Clue Crew uh, the reason I hate the Clue Crew is because I'm jealous and I want their job.
1: I'm not going to lie about. But
0: also, it. I mean, let's go to Amanda, They're you know. So smug. Oh, it's all who you the know. <laughs> <the crew. laughs> it's all you know who you
3: know.
0: Janice Trebek, yeah. I assume
3: is your real name. But I have to mention the guy from Nebraska this year who I was he was the one when I Went to the Jeopardy website and looked oh, yeah, at he's the bios. Cute. He was cute, but then I went to the Jeopardy website and I listened to his little like pre-video. Mm-hmm. And his last thing is like, "Where do you want to be in ten years?" He's like, "Well, uh, I want to be working on some uh, what was it uh, Christian ministry. Oh. I want to be working in my Christian ministry and blah blah blah." But watching yeah, him on the right. show, <laughs> yeah. But watching him on the show, you could totally tell that he was that extremely like naive, sheltered yes. college guy who. Maybe now that he's out in L.A. among the heathens from Florida State <laughs> right. and, you know, the buxom ladies from Boston University, right. you know, those East Coast elites are probably going to well, get to him. He, and watching him be corrupted would probably be fun.
1: Wasn't he one of the ones whose school had never been on the show before?
3: No, that was Arizona like Adventist City. college. Oh, okay, right, right. but Yeah. Let's
1: not shy away, though, from how much I fucking hate the girl from Ohio.
3: <laughs>
2: let's go back. Because <laughs> she is a horrible... I, I she got, was the Rachel Berry of the college well, tournament. And busy, part of
3: my sure. disappointment was when I looked at her very first from the beginning, I thought she was Amanda Lorber from the paper.
2: She oh. really looks like and her. And I was so excited. Okay. And I was like,
3: oh, oh you Amanda Lorber it. made it on Celebrity or you on College it. Jeopardy. Right. That's exactly who she was. But she, she fell so short of the Lorber st- uh, uh, standard
2: well, let me yes. once
3: she started talking.
2: Also, the Ohio State. Yeah, really? I know,
3: and they, all the athletes do that when they're on like Monday Night Football and like oh. say where they're from, and it's all so too.
2: But let me Lame. just tell
3: you
1: the moment that my door closed to her forever, and it closed. It was halfway shut from just the moment I saw her judgy, horrible face. <laughs> but it's when she said in her interview that her and her friends have decided that if they don't get to do the jobs <laughs> that they want, they'll just write Lifetime movies instead. And I'm like... Pfft. It's not that easy. People with MFAs write those things. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> oh, oh! I'll just go become a professional writer.
3: You know what? Screw you. Judith Kranz did not get where she is today. <laughs> well, because all the other things in her life went to shit. And you know what? Yes,
1: Mother May I Sleep With Danger brings me a specific <laughs> type of ironic joy, but it is hard to create that
3: kind of Shit. and if right. you can't just do it they oh. don't have a class on that at the Ohio State University. If she walked in this room right now I would <laughs> tell her to her face
1: <laughs> oh. and, But uh. see this is why College Jeopardy is more than questions and answers. Mm-hmm. That's true It's mm. true. It's a way of life.
2: Yeah
0: <laughs> Yay <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that have recently started on television, that's right. where, um, you know, one of the pitfalls of choosing what day to record on is, you know, you're always going to miss something. You know, you're not going to be positioned exactly perfectly for something. And Conan debuted the day after last week's show. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we are a week later. We've had time for it to sink in. The <laughs> nation has had time. We've had time to celebrate. We've had time to grieve. <laughs> i seriously. serious. What did you guys think of it?
2: Um, I, won't, so he started with this video that sort of tells a story in his first episode last Monday of how he came to TBS, which some of it we already knew. And it was, you know, heightened comedic stuff of the NBC goons messing with him and stuff. Right. But by the time, th- which is all fine and cute. And a similar thing happened with his stage show that Dave and I went to see in the spring. But by the time he got to the part in the video where he's, received the offer from tbs and opens it up and it says something about much less money yeah right. I, d- I think that's when i turn around to dave and was like he can't keep making that joke right and right i mean i sort. it sort of seemed to me as the week went on that the number of jokes about like ah, ha, ha i got screwed over like the angry bitter joking about right the tonight show sort of tapered off yeah he's gotta quit it right well i
3: have a feeling that it's one of those things where he felt like that's the elephant in the room that you have to acknowledge. Sure, right. And I did think that that video where he kept getting like the Sunny Corleone at the toll booth mm-hmm. shot up a million times. I thought yeah. that was funny. I thought in general he dealt with it in a way that was not fully self-deprecating but probably more self-deprecating than it had been mm-hmm. in the months and months of sort of uh, the bitter, you know, the sort of the bitter parade that yeah. had been right. going on. But I don't know, I just generally thought he was funny. And I thought that that was kind of what all I was asking for. I just mm-hmm. I'm not a big late night viewer. Right. in general, so I don't know what where he was in terms of the standard that he was at at late night versus the standard he was at at the Tonight Show. Sorry, right. you said
1: you did think it was funny or you didn't. I thought he, I, I thought got he distracted was by
3: pretty Bird. No, <laughs> I thought he was funny pretty much from yeah, everything I that I saw throughout the week. And certainly I don't know, like I said, I don't really watch a whole ton of Late Night, but...
2: No, you're all about Nightline. We all know that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm a Koppel partisan, and that's yeah, all there is to Ted it. Ever since Ted grilled Madonna I'm about <laughs> the Justify My Love video.
1: This is one thing that gives me hope. Because there were a couple of things that really made me laugh hard, and one of the things that made me laugh the hardest was the extended sketch that he did with the standards and practices Yes, that was my favorite thing of the week. And what I thought was really nice about that is, if you think about it, that was really long. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a really long sketch in the middle of a show. Yes. I don't feel like that you could get away with, or that you would even necessarily... or Maybe you could, but you wouldn't even necessarily see a sketch that long on an NBC or a CBS, and maybe cable... Will free him to push the boundaries of the form. Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly his strength lies in and those I, kind of pre-produced. On,
2: on Late Night and The Tonight Show too, he was he was very good doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, but but
1: I just but what I'm hoping is that like now maybe that he's in this sort of hinterland where the expectations are lower. He yeah mm-hmm. he can do like a nine minute sketch if he wants to as long yeah. as it's funny and yes yeah. So I'm hopeful for that. The other thing is that Andy Richter's joke about the inside of the Conan mask smelling like tears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Made me realize that I actually like seeing Conan and Andy as much mm-hmm. as I like seeing Conan. Yeah. So when, I'm, oh, totally. In yeah.
2: the very earliest days of Late Night, I would tell people um, I actually thought Andy was funnier than yeah. Conan because yeah. at first he was. I mean, he was an act. He was a performer. whereas right. Conan was a writer. Right. Right. Um, and so I think at, at first the balance of power between them was very different. But yeah. yeah, they are great. They're good together.
1: I really do hope that this is true too. I hope that soon. God willing, within the next 48
3: hours,
1: (laughs) we can stop, as a culture, treating it like a political choice to watch Conan O'Brien. Yes. That, that I think, is another undercurrent of the show this week. Well, not just him talking about it, but there was something about the way the audience would laugh at things and respond to things.
2: Oh, yeah, there was definitely... That was a clap yeah. kind of crowd. Well, <laughs> sure.
3: but... And uh, the other yeah. thing is, I found it so impossible to be able to react to the show on my own without having to filter it through everything that was going on on Twitter. I remember... Sort as the team Coco stuff had been going on throughout mm-hmm. the weeks and months, yes. I got I became really like resentful and I was sort of like hostile. Yeah, totally. But then the night of the premiere, it seemed like everybody was going overboard the other way, yes. being critical and yes. being uh, sort of snarky towards Conan, which immediately jumped me back onto right. Conan's side because yeah. I react to the. I mean, I'm you know maybe that doesn't speak so well of me, but I react to the reaction as much as I react to right. the thing. It's sort of the same thing. The way I experience glee is sort of through the prism oh, of what everybody right. else is doing. So I'm defensive. I mean, glee I'm, the emotion I'm, or glee to show. <laughs> I don't feel human emotions oh, unless okay. I first preview them through Twitter.
1: <laughs> but I so I just think it would be great to get to a point where we're just watching a funny show and we don't mm-hmm. have to think about
3: either one of those things. Because, of
1: course. Yeah. I, yeah. I
2: think now that the first week is over, it's sort of like it's another thing that's on. Yeah. You know? Right.
3: People will go back to watching or probably not watching as
2: it's actually possible to watch every late night show that there is because right. Conan re-airs at one AM Right. Daily Show and Colbert re reair like twenty times a day. Right, May.
3: right. All the good Jimmy Fallon clips will be on Hulu the next the day. The whole
2: episode is on Hulu the next day right. and Jimmy Kimmel Live. So yeah. like Conan it's possible to online the next day. Too. Exactly. Yeah. So it's possible to not miss any of it. Right. So I don't think we need to ask like it's such a big choice. <laughs> right. And I also wanna just give a shout out to Video Gum. Which had a great post on Tuesday about uh, calling for a, <laughs> for the signatures on a petition to not report any more Conan <laughs> ratings
3: news. At Seriously, all
2: because who cares what the ratings are on TBS? Exactly. Not only that, but like he's not going to get canceled, right? Like the show's right. not going to get canceled, right. so Who cares, right? Exactly. Really, who cares? Exactly. Right. Um, but I, I would, I, I mentioned the live stage show. There are a couple of things that, that concerned me this week. That I, I, you know, the the tenor of jokes about like boohoo, poor me, which there were a lot of in this live stage show. That's one thing. But uh, I also hope that we can look forward to a little bit less self indulgence on the new show because. He got some some heat, and I think rightly um, for ending the first episode by playing with Jack White. Yeah, right. And um, what was especially great about that is that Vulture, um, the Vulture website, hunted up a great clip of him from Last Call with Carson Daly, and I will call for that clip now.
0: Okay, it's a little it's it's, it's a little bit long, but also the sound quality is a little little staticky.
5: So it's a recording
2: of that. a recording of a recording. You know, probably. I remembered
5: when I was uh, when I was really interested in comedy, and I was in high school, uh, Alan Fick uh, had a talk show, and they had all these posters up everywhere, like, it's coming, it's going to be better than Carson, he's going to, uh, you know, Johnny Carson, he's going to kick Johnny Carson's ass, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And I was bought it. I was like, wow, who's this Alan Thicke guy, this is going to be really great. And I watched his first show, and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, here he comes, Alan Thicke. And the doors open, and he came running out, and the band's rocking out, and he runs down to the band, and he picks up a guitar and he starts rocking out with the band and I was sitting there and I was like 14 I'm like, you're an ass. <laughs> Click, you know, and I always knew that as a lesson is that it's my hobby and I, I, I'm, I don't like it when celebrities inflict their hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. People, people like my, you know, some people like my, my comedy professionally and sometimes celebrities get confused and people like Bruce Willis are like, people think I'm a great harmonica player. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, whatever, Bruce. Yeah, blow know. something up, please. Yeah, yeah, please. We like you in Die Hard, but right. we have, have to hear t- Oh, Susanna one more time. <laughs> um. Wow. Well, well. So it's just, it's one of those things that I'm very careful, right. like, not to yeah, do. It. Very-
2: I want to say, I mean, in the stage show, I, Dave, back me up. It was like 50% Conan mm-hmm. comedy, 50% Conan playing music, right?
0: Yeah, it was. And that was the totally the wrong ratio. I think they should have flipped <laughs> it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but Wait right, like it was a lot.
2: It was a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. And well, yeah, it was, and there was like not even back that then he's not there was good. a lot of poor me stuff there.
2: Oh my well. god, totally. I mean, but there yeah. was another. There was a video that began the show where again it was like it's the elephant in the room, and it was supposed to be like what he's right. been doing since he's been unemployed. And then I sort of felt like at the end of that video. That should be it. Yeah. Like, we get it. We've acknowledged it. You can move on. We don't need another 10-minute monologue of how much you got screwed over.
1: You know, this is just occurring to me. This may be the first time I've ever thought of Conan O'Brien and Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh,
3: Oh, he went there. Whoa.
1: But maybe Conan O'Brien has started to believe that we want to see his music, (laughs) hear his music, because the culture has created this narrative that says that his basically minor... Irritation is really, really important. Yeah, and 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 so maybe since he is just a person after all, maybe mm-hmm. some the avalanche of attention that has been mm-hmm. thrown onto this <clears throat> issue has made him actually believe that the world really thinks that his story and his losing a job is really, really important, and yeah. maybe he's lost perspective. And I, I and I mentioned Taylor Swift because I think that the same thing has happened with oh, her. Oh, it's definitely happened. Yeah. To her. she's been like. Like every nineteen-year-old girl, she has a diary. But everyone's saying, "No, no, no! Your diary is really important. <laughs> Write a song about it." And I wonder, yeah, maybe, maybe both of them are sort of getting warped in the same way because we've decided to turn that, mm-hmm. basically, at the
3: end of the day, not that significant issue, yeah. yes. uh into a
1: huge yeah.
3: thing. Well, I think part of it is Conan's comedy has always been partly, at least, based on self-deprecation. He was always talking about how sure, gawky he yeah, was and absolutely. how, uh, and. So I think that naturally plays into it. Now, this thing happened where he, rightly or wrongly, has Mm -hmm. come out looking like the victim. So he's uh, letting that play into the self-deprecating comedy. So on that level, it doesn't annoy me so much as like a Taylor Swift who that's a whole different story. (laughs) But I
0: think you should be aware when like self-deprecating comedy also comes with like a... 14 million dollar golden parish right and this is not to say it doesn't play the same as you know I got fired look at my dorky
2: Dodge Taurus or whatever yeah and that's not to say that rich people don't ever have problems right they do and he did legitimately get screwed over but it's like there's a point where we need to not talk about it anymore. And sure. I also just wanted to say, too, when this Vulture clip went up, it was on that web on their website like Tuesday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. And I watched the whole rest of the week's worth of episodes hoping that the show would acknowledge mm. this thing right. and sort of diffuse and... it or come up with some kind of funny thing to do around it, and, and they didn't. Yeah. It right. was kind of a letdown for me because I feel like... You lost old... out on
3: your Ellen Thick walk-on?
2: Yeah, I feel like <laughs> right. the old Conan would have done something with that. Sure, right? Right? yeah. And now I feel like he's... I don't know. Maybe he's, he's mad that people don't love to see him play the guitar. <laughs> well, I,
1: I think it's just that the onus, uh, the on, if you are the the center of a large cultural narrative, mm-hmm. y- y- the onus is on you to, to play censor to yourself or right. to play critic to yourself and mm-hmm. to think about which part of the narrative you're going to choose to opt out of. Sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There it, there. Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, well, so so Conan, I will probably continue to do what I did when he had a late night show and the Tonight Show, which is record it sometimes when someone's going to be on that I care about right. and there you go. otherwise probably just see clips when he does something special. Wait yeah. for the
0: internet to tell you which parts you need to watch. That is exactly, exactly what I do with late night. Yep, exactly. Yep. Thanks, internet, for letting us know what to think.
2: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Uh, so next up, um, this is something that me and Tara have been talking about off and on for the past few years, a little phenomenon in TV that uh, we've come to notice. And uh, we've rechristened it The Pierce. But Tara, can you explain what The Pierce is? It used to be called The David Cross, and it had other names in the past.
2: <laughs> well, there's always an issue when you're lo- watching a TV show with a large ensemble cast that you're not going to be equally as interested in all of the characters. And in fact, usually there's one character that you will feel could be lifted right out of the show. Without causing any damage to the remainder, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it used to be the David Cross after his character Tobias Fünke on Which I Arrested it. Development, although
0: it brought some funny stuff to the show and sure. was used, you know, to the show's benefit now and then. Could be lifted from the show without really ruining the show. He was uh, totally so weakest, very like, different in a really strong show, mm-hmm. and that's what The Pierce is all about. It's yeah. sort of like a good show. That has this one element that oh. seems out of place, so you don't have to hate the character necessarily, N- or, no. or not care about the character. Even mm. okay,
2: it's it's just the piece that you feel the show could lose it and still be fine. Because yeah. okay. the thing
0: about Arrested Development that made me think about this is I was reading a story a long time ago about Mitch Hurwitz, who basically went to David Cross and said, "Like I'm doing this show, I want to write you into it. Tell me, you know, what kind of character you want to play, or or you know, tell me how you want to, how you want to do it." And he sort of. Did it and I got to think of well, this is a character that was sort of engineered outside of the DNA of the rest mm. of the show. And the more I watched it, the more I felt that, and the more I felt like, well, this character could just not be, and I would still enjoy this show a lot. Yeah, and so
2: we've rechristened it the Pierce after Pierce Hawthorne, which is Chevy Chase's character on Community. Yeah. Mm. Who I also feel like is someone that maybe was, and this is totally just. Conjecture. I don't have any inside knowledge of the show, Mm -hmm. obviously, but it feels like he was probably the most well-known actor Mm -hmm. in that cast. Oh yeah, and so there was probably a lot of pressure to like Chevy Chase is willing to come back to do something on TV. Right. Write him into the show. Right. But there's episodes where he has like four or five lines. I mean, Mm -hmm. he really seems like he's sidelined. And if you follow Dan Harmon on Twitter, he really posts a lot of passive aggressive stuff. Does he really?
3: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. In well, this Dan week's Harmon episode, gets up to a lot on Twitter. He
2: really does. Well, does in this week's like- episode with um with the whole pen
3: incident right.
2: and then the next day there was a gif of where the pen actually gets lost. Yes. right. And so he without spoiling it for anyone who hasn't watched this week's episode yet, he he'd said the actor who stole the pen It only took two takes, and that Chevy was really pissed off about it, which I'm sure is a joke, but also is probably pointing to, like, he's a problem.
3: Well, I I mean, from the reputation he's cultivated throughout the
2: years. We all read the oral history of SNL. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what what we've done is we've collected uh, ten people. Ten
2: pierces. (laughs) Ten pierces.
0: And uh, we'll, uh, we'll just go through them. You know, and then uh, you know, you at home can play along.
2: <laughs> Maybe you have your own pierces you your that we Pierce. that we laughed out. Is it, is of it shows it, we don't Starbuck watch? Starbucks
0: from Battlestar Galactica? Could be. <laughs> She's not a real person, anyways. That's <laughs> real knowledge. Is, it, is it Kate angel. from
2: Lost?
1: Is right. it oh, Scully from the X oh, here we go.
0: Ouch! No, I actually love her. I love her. I love her. Don't hate. Me. Okay. The Pierce Lightning Round.
2: You
5: guys are dead. I am so good at Lightning Rounds.
2: <laughs> My name is Pierce Hawthorne, and yes. That is Hawthorne, as in Hawthorne wipes the award-winning moist toilet.
0: Uh, I was going to say before Pierce, that casting seemed like a, a network uh, mm-hmm. a sure note or a network um, you know um, contractual thing or something like that. Like, okay, this show is strong, but we really need a marquee name mm-hmm. right on here. And uh, from the Saturday Night Live Golden Years, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And let's do it. And I think he was sort of like shoehorned into. Um, the setup
2: I, I think they could lose his character and it would i mean that's the whole point of the segment like right. he, he's, right. he he i feel like he brings nothing to the well table. there's a yes. lot of
0: in, in community there's a lot of pairings right i mean this character interacts the most strongly with this other character and a, here's a secondary one but yeah the yep. pierce doesn't really have that right
2: well I, initially I think they've tried to do it with troy but yes. it doesn't work well Will
3: troy he, works best opposite because troy was supposed right. to be living with
1: pierce or yes. is living with yes yeah but i do i mean i take the point i'm glad that you mentioned that we don't have to hate a character because
2: <laughs> to me i do hate this pierce, frees but you up on. a little but bit i think that
1: pierce is occasionally funny like some although i'm really tired of pierce's constant homophobia mm-hmm. on the show because that joke isn't
3: and
2: funny and anymore. racism and, and
3: racism sexism. and everything yeah But, like,
1: I feel like that they did find one good way to use him this season with his religion. You remember that religious episode where he's, like, a Scientologist? Yeah, he's
2: a laser lotus. But maybe the
1: fact that there was one good episode with Pierce only underscores the fact that most episodes with Pierce... It's also I think very telling that he disappeared eight seconds into the zombie episode, mm-hmm. which was not a great episode, but right. that you could actually construct an episode that felt complete with literally without him. I at
2: absolutely all. agree. Although
1: yeah. it is interesting in the D V R description of the show, I noticed that they mention him as being the one who's the center of the episode. Right. But anyway.
2: Yeah. Alright. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Interesting point.
0: Yes. He's like the steel man from The Wizard of Oz. As mentioned before, Tobias from Abrected Development. Mm-hmm. Um Again, I think he does bring it like there's some stuff about his character that sort of like entered, you know, the lexicon for that show. Never sure. Needs, and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I can see that show without him. I could see the movie that they're apparently going to yeah. do someday. Maybe knock on wood. Let's yeah, see, they're not. But they're not. And, but yeah without him and I I would still enjoy it the one point I might make in his favor
3: is that the effect he has on maybe the effect that his neglect has on maybe makes maybe a better character but she gets that from Lindsay too right? so you could just have that yeah Mm -hmm. if it's just Lindsay then I think it still probably works Mm -hmm. and life without that whole Mrs. Doubtfire subplot would have been fine I think
1: (laughs) what was her name
3: Mrs. Blackpool no no, Mrs. Featherbottom Mrs. Featherbottom from Blackpool yeah 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 Duct tape was invented a long time before you were born by somebody really
0: smart. The end. That's uh, Joe from News Radio. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And we we talked about this recently. A little bit, yeah. I think they found a way to make him more interesting as the show went on. As you know, they 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 tailored the character more to the actors' limited ability.
3: It's tough for me to get past my general revulsion towards Joe Rogan, and maybe that's an after-the-fact thing where Mm -hmm. with Fear Factor and all that, and he just always seems like such a douchey guy. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: he's another one where he's his his kind of comedy doesn't fit the tone of the show. When yeah. even Andy Dick is fitting in better with the rest of the group than yeah. you are, you're a problem.
0: Right. And again, I think the same as uh, Community, he doesn't have his yeah pair.
2: Well, they tried to yeah. do that, do it with Catherine, yeah. but then after after Candy Alexander left. left the show, yeah. they, it was harder and harder. It always seemed to
3: me like straight they way. were trying to pair him up with Matthew, that he was always going to be Matthew's foil. But Matthew right. was always so with, weird. With, that
2: and it, he was with Bill. He was opposite Bill. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It never seemed to work. Uh, we have Ted from How I Met Your Mother. Speaking of disappointing weenies,
2: Ted. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. Ted, obviously, you can't quite I was out gonna of say, the show because everybody's of sort how of, I met at, he's the I in yeah. the title, but he's the weakest link of the show.
3: He is, but I feel like the show has found a way to have everybody make fun of him mm-hmm. in a way that works. I think there've been, there's been some good comedy mind out of that, out of everybody, sort of, bouncing mm-hmm. off Ted in a way that emphasizes how much of a weenie he is.
2: I guess, I feel like most of the humor that they find at his expenses like, you know, the weird quirks, like how he insists on pronouncing it medieval, and yeah. you know, it's stuff like that, as opposed to stuff that arises organically from his character. The only sure. thing they, they they constantly can go to is Ted is a super romantic and he gets loses his head he's over very, women.
0: Yeah, Oatmealy He's very boring character and actor. Yeah. I think I don't yes. really yes. Get, but he's also right. not, Josh much Rad like Conan naming his show Conan. He sort of de-pierced <laughs> himself by being the. The eye. Eye. But he's
2: not, I feel like, and and I always have felt, he's not cute enough to play that part. Sorry, Josh Radner. You don't do it for me. (laughs) Mom. Luke, what do you want? I went on dad's computer, contacted some of his geek friends, told them that he was dying, and his last wish was an iPad.
0: Uh, Halfway, half a second into that clip, Mark... (laughs) jumped up in his
5: seat and started doing the oh no you didn't finger (laughs) actually
1: i i removed the steel rods from my neck so i could whip it side to side (laughs) okay i feel like that we actually would lose a lot if we took luke out of modern family because i think the way that he deepens our understanding of uh oh my god ty burrell's character phil phil The, the things that he teaches us about phil i think are really important like watching him deep in Phil and in, in those in their relationship, and we see that there's this we we see the sort of substance of Phil in a way that we don't see necessarily when we see him being a fool with Claire. We see that the, the way that his love can actually be really important. And like also Luke against Manny is really important because if Manny were the only young boy in the show, he would be less interesting. Now, is it great for Luke that his role is to highlight or expand our understanding of other characters and not really to do a lot himself. Maybe not, but I think that we lose a deeper understanding of the family in general if we take yeah. Luke out of the equation. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I, 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 I defer on this because I have been trying to like Modern Family for a, a while and I just I can't fully get on board with oh, it. I wow. just, it's not my thing, but I also will say. In general, the dumbest character on the show is rarely my favorite character.
3: Yeah, I do find him very funny, I will have to say. I'll probably come down on Mark's side of this. But we don't all like Mark, you know? It's okay. We yeah. can't all make it happen. I just, so.
2: especially given contrasting it with its time slot, Neighbor Cougar oh, you could gosh. not lift one person out of that No, cast. that's the,
3: one of the best things about that show is that I it's agree. really integrated. A lot of characters who could potentially be Pierce's on other shows mm-hmm. because they're so strange, yes. they're really integrated well, and they've built yep. bonds between all of them in di- really right. different ways. It's yes. really been very strong that mm-hmm. way.
1: And I think, Joe, you have said to me before one of the good things about Modern Family is that they've found ways to repair characters and have interesting storylines between, say, yes. uh, 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 Eric Stone's, oh my god, Cameron Cameron Cam. and Gloria, for instance, sure. and, and now have a, their own relationship, and yeah. they've managed to break out of this, the original That's when the show's that at its most
3: interesting is when it sort of crosses the various different families together. Moving
5: yeah. on. I grew up on a farm. I have seen animals having sex in every position imaginable.
0: All right, I believe this is your star. This is no, Dwight I didn't put that the on Office. the list. Oh, this is Joe. Wait, who is this?
2: That's Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. Oh god, Office. that was
3: Dwight. Sorry, I didn't catch it. Yeah, I feel like Dwight is sort of symptomatic of everything on the Office lately, where they have stopped being able to write well for pretty much everybody. I think that show still has its moments, and mm-hmm. but. I think Dwight specifically, he has been a lot of his weirdness has been usurped by Andy. Mm -hmm. And Andy, I think, is funnier at this point. I think they've written Dwight into a really bitter corner Mm -hmm. that he's just not enjoyable to watch. I think in the ways that The Office becomes depressing to watch sometimes, Mm -hmm. I think Dwight's a big part of that. And I'd just as soon not have to
0: deal with that when there's Andy who's doing all of that by being funny. Do you think you can lift Dwight out of The Office and still have that sort of on-edge sort of out-of-left-field weirdness to it that sort of is part of its DNA. I like do, Like the whole actually. thing with Moe and like all that kind of weird, yeah. like really sort of super crazy stuff right. that you produce every once in a while. Wouldn't be there. You is could still get it from Creed.
1: Slack? And I think that yeah. they're
0: also, and Meredith would give it to us. Kevin. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that you would yeah. get I think what's interesting here is I feel like that you could lift Dwight out of the show and unlike some of these other characters, it actually would be change my relationship to the show but for the better sure because Mm. i think that joe makes a good point that dwight has become not he has he looks less and less like a person now and more and more like a collection of convenient writerly ticks yeah Mm -hmm. oh he bought the building yeah oh he wants to kill people with a knife it's yeah the, the things his craziness used to be rooted in things that felt like you were saying before organic yes and now it just feels like his craziness is rooted in the fact that Dwight, as we conceive of him, would do this. You know, yeah. there's no... Yes. Yeah. He, he does things that Dwight, the character, is supposed mm-hmm. to do, whether yeah. or
0: not it's appropriate or... Who... What's the character's name in the UK version? I forget. Gareth. Gareth. God, so I Gareth, Gareth. He was sort of like this weird paramilitary... <laughs> yeah. That's where yes. everything in his, you know, weird worldview came from. He yeah. was sort of like this underachieving military guy. He was sort of like the guy, the cop who ended up being a rent a cop. And so right. was Dwight you know? at the beginning. And yeah. then they just but then I it feel just like sort they of dropped like, it. He's just then it became He's beats. a bucket of weird what can we yeah. throw into it. Right. And then it right. just got too it became beats. Yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Um hmm. but uh no Dwight who, who are they gonna put on a bobblehead and sell in the store. Uh,
5: uh,
2: they all have their own bobbleheads now. All right.
5: Andy, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you're accusing me of? You weren't on any damn gay cruise. And we're going to come back more pizzazz, not less.
1: This one was mine. This is Andy Belfloor, the sh- uh, acting sheriff on True Blood. Right. Honestly, he I don't care about him. He never does anything except get in the way of stories that I think are interesting. Yeah. He his character has, unlike everyone else on the show, really not grown very much. Right. And he's been stagnating around that one I-feel-bad-about-myself story every season, and they just find new ways of reiterating
3: it. Well, and they've made his character more prominent across the last two seasons, and I think he would probably work a lot better if they regressed him to the ensemble a little more. Mm -hmm. He had that one good scene with uh, Tara at the end of this past season, but one good scene out of three... And,
1: you know, honestly... It's not like there aren't eight. Tara has a meaningful conversation with another broken hearted spirit Mm. scenes in every episode of True Blood. So sniffing out that one, we'd still have her and Sam.
3: Yeah. And And everybody on that show is sort of a cartoon in some way, but he's a cartoon in these really kind of predictable and boring ways. He's chasing the pig. He's the only one who's not caught up in Marianne's sexual ecstasy thing.
1: Well, and isn't it? I think it's incredibly telling that Jason and Andy started this season of True Blood really... Mm linked because of the whole conspiracy about eggs yeah but then jason's story by the end of the season totally got him away from andy and became much more interesting
3: well because jason's a more interesting
1: character yeah but i just think it's clear you know it's like i think that uh that that just to me proves that andy is the messina yeah. of that particular logins and the scene. The
3: <laughs> I love the idea of. By the way, uh, Dave and Tara, who don't watch True Blood, listening to this conversation, uh, particularly the, politely, the conspiracy about eggs. And I'm just trying to think, <laughs> yeah. what, what could possibly they be thinking uh, about?
2: Although you, that's you, I, I it's don't okay, want. I just blew right past
1: it. <laughs> you presume I've been listening? No, I, don't I, I watch True, neither news True Blood radio nor How I Wet Your How I Wet Your mother. Whoa, <laughs> that's the porn parody. That would have made Ted right. a lot more interesting. <laughs> so I no, but I so I feel you on that. That's fine. Yeah. True Blood is just the same.
2: I'm sure you guys are both totally right about this I think this there's guy. also an argument,
1: Thank honestly,
3: you. that... You probably are.
2: You could also
1: and
3: almost both. make the argument that you could take Sookie out of True Blood, I well, think. Well, no. except that she liked this guy from How I Met Your Mother. It's She's good. symptomatic of that thing that sometimes happens with big ensembles where you like a lot of side characters, where the main character yeah. becomes the least interesting. Dawson. Yes, Dawson, yes. absolutely. Meredith
2: Grey. Mm-hmm.
1: You like the side
2: dishes uh, more Green. than the turkey
1: at
3: Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it actually happens well. a lot more than... And I think they're just sort of, they're the ones that everybody bounces off Jack of. Jack
2: Shepard. Yes. Yes. Anyway, moving on.
0: True Blood's pretty much the same thing as
2: Twilight. While we all love <laughs> hearing about the struggles of the idle rich, Dan's got a fine tutor right here. I ace every practice test I take, so we don't need your hand-me-downs. Vanessa is the worst <gasps> character on Gossip Girl. I just got a
3: rage rash on my the face. the worst
2: character of any show set in New York yeah. since time began.
3: Yeah. It's... It's almost, and the fact that she, that Dan makes her superfluous, mm-hmm. is even worse
0: because hey, then guys, it's just hey, guys, like guys, guys. Shh. Mark just left. He's going to the washroom. All right, quickly. <laughs> <hopefully> Let's <laughs> all talk about it. And nobody will notice. <laughs> is he doing number one or number two? <laughs>
2: back really to Vanessa. Come park. on, people. <laughs> uh, she sucks. She's terrible, and she's exactly the same character as Anna from the OC season one, who I also hated. <laughs> who was
3: terrible, also, right? Yeah. And I remember with Anna, too, I didn't watch The O.C. when it aired. I watched a couple, maybe mm-hmm. a season and a half of it afterwards. Yeah. But I remember, had I had it in my head that there was this big triangle with Seth and Summer and Anna. And I somehow thought that it was, there were equal supporters on either side. No. I can't imagine how anybody no. could have possibly supported Anna because she was insufferable.
2: No, and now they're supposed to try, that it seems like they're trying to make Vanessa relevant by giving her this, like, evil subplot. Yeah. No one cares. No. No Some- one's gonna take that side.
3: Right. She's, well, like I said, she's terrible. Dan is a pill from Brooklyn enough yes. for the whole show. Yes. So I think it's yeah, it's fine.
2: And what is with her extensions? But on?
3: but if our oh. listeners want to comment on the blog, the different possible ways we could get rid of Vanessa from the show, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will suggest open elevator shaft. You guys take it from
0: there.
2: <laughs> I really had a very high hopes for how that actress might get dispatched in Piranha 3D, and yes. whether those hopes were met or not met. You should see. You it. should see the movie.
1: That's right. It was brilliant.
5: Yes. Mm -hmm. What if he doesn't come back? Oh no when I get upset my ass and come out and when it gets to coming out I can't get to talking up uh-uh. oh
3: that's going to make it hard for me to lift him out because I really love that, that part. scene, that is
5: scene. <laughs> but really? I feel like
2: to
0: me that is like everything I don't like about
5: oh really okay yeah.
2: see I like that scene but I will say I feel like Kenneth is the Dwight of 30 Rock yeah he's the bucket of, I love that bucket of weird analogy because yeah. I think that fits him too now, except he's bucket of hick
3: it depresses me because in season one I thought they used him really well mm-hmm. I thought they would sort of push him to the front and then bring him to the back and yeah. he was sort of he was the bucket of weird on the periphery yeah. and as the seasons gone on it, he became sort of uh, like Kramer on Seinfeld or mm-hmm. like Urkel oh, on Family Kramer Matters Bucky where Bucky. they were like oh here's yeah. this weird character that everybody likes yes. let's do as much as we can with them and yeah. they completely wore him out
2: yeah I agree
3: well and it's telling that in the opening of this season
1: the for the first three episodes his storyline had was literally not yeah. even in 30 Rock right. It, right
0: in front of another late night show featuring yeah. Yeah. Dave oh yeah just, I was in that Thirty Rock episode with Letterman. You were yeah. visible. Yeah, I, was, yes, I was. I was a, a vague blue blur behind a a phone booth. No kidding. Wow. I knew you were there for that yep. day, but I didn't realize you were on screen. Yeah, I, ma- I managed. I was trying to get on camera, and I did. As seen didn't. on TV. <laughs> I would like to
1: lay down though that on Thirty Rock, the the one who I think could go before Kenneth is. Pete
2: wait I will fight you I give I, Tara
1: I, I, time to take off her earrings because this was gonna <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't think you anything about that show would change if he were gone oh, oh, th- you'd Mark, have a few less jokes
0: about someone who wants to kill I think him. that's here's here's my <laughs> counter argument it is that are you way shaking your head because he you don't want me to start having a fight or because you
2: disagree with? Uh, me. Uh, oh I, I'm, okay. with, I'm with you
0: I tell just, me okay. more I'm no, no I'm, I'm open I can't compete with the squeaking of Tara Ariano's shoes but no, let's. Let, I'm open. I'm. I'm open to. I'm just saying. I was saying about about Pete is that he's not that he's the Pierce. It's just that he is underutilized in the yes. show. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like it's tough for me to feel
3: overwhelmed by Pete in the way that you feel overwhelmed by someone like Pierce or like Kenneth when yes. he's not on very yes. much. And I feel like they, when they do sort of portion him out, particularly he works so great opposite Jenna and mm-hmm. Jenna's storylines are so hit and miss for me yeah. that whenever they manage to pair those two together, I feel like I don't have to worry about that storyline for the I episode. Also,
2: I also like how he balances out. Liz's kind of crazy because he's, he has a different set of neuroses because yeah. he's a man and he's not in charge in the same way she is and he's married and has kids. Like, his his work stress manifests itself in such different ways that At, I feel like he is still interesting.
3: And it tempers the 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 sense that Liz Lemon is standing in for... She's sort of representing all women in the workplace. Yeah. When Pete is a mess too. Yes. Mm, so... In,
2: but in t- totally different in ways. In totally different oh, wow. ways,
3: but no less kind of messed up. Yeah. You yeah. guys, literally, very interesting because
1: I interesting I, i'll chew on that <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right i think this is the strongest candidate outside the pierce for the pierce i need
5: a woman to, to cook for me and clean up after me and somebody will do everything i say well that, that's just a maid you want a maid yeah that's right a maid a maid i can bang
0: that is frank played by daniel devito from it's always sunny in philadelphia which again that screams to me yeah, network note. We need a name yeah. to sell the show. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, he was brought in. They they did six or whatever eight episodes yeah. before he was really in it. He was a producer on the show. Mm-hmm. His his production company makes Sunny. Oh yeah. Sunny. He's right. in there
0: out of self interest for sure.
2: For sure, but I mean, I feel like Sunny is it's it's extremely hit and miss that show. Yes. Um, it has a lot of high highs and low lows. Yes. And I feel like the lowest lows are with Frank being. Yes. The sunny bucket of weird, except not just weird, <laughs> well, but depraved and gross. <laughs> and, and,
3: yeah. And he's a, a character where everything he does is done better by one of the other four. Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually Charlie, but sometimes it's it's with the other ones. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, he uh, he's humiliated in, in ways that I think Dee ends up being humiliated in. I yeah. guess he doesn't really do anything that Dennis does, but... Anyway. I think it's mostly Charlie, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lift him right out of there. Yep.
2: Yep.
5: Nurse's station hole, please. This
2: is Gloria Acolytis. I am stuck in an elevator. Do not.
3: Yeah, I have to say, I love Anna DeVere Smith as an actress, and I especially loved her in The West Wing, and I've been waiting for her to get more work in better projects since then. And it really frustrates me the way they use her on Nurse Jackie. Mm. And I feel like she seems so separate from everything else mm-hmm. that's going on. It's sort of just like, it's her own little sponsored segment that you could have it, you know, it's sponsored by Calgon. And it's right. like Gloria Acolytus minute and a half.
2: The best moment she had this latest season, I think, was when they had the person, the wife came in with the guy who was had early onset Alzheimer's.
4: Sure. He had wandered
2: away and then they yeah. brought her into the office and the Acolytus was like, here's what you need to do. You need yeah. to divorce your husband so the blah blah blah, That's blah, absolutely blah so right. don't go bankrupt, and she's just shocked. And then Jackie's yeah. like, she's been fucking with the system for thirty years. Like that to me is what is should they've
3: used be. her a lot better in that second season. Absolutely, but and it's it's interesting because the the I think the the
1: fundamental struggle with a with a character like Gloria is that she exists in a different level of power than everyone else on the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's almost by nature forced to be removed from every other character because yeah. her job is yeah.
3: such. Yeah.
1: And it's I guess characters in that position like Pierce is so much older than everyone or yeah. but I think that as it saddens me to see your point about Gloria because yeah. I do mm-hmm. think that she does a great job yeah. with the crappy material she's yeah. given. Yeah. But you're right like that whole thing are they still doing the thing where Gloria wants to adopt that baby? Did that get dropped? I think that got it, dropped.
3: I think that and thankfully got dropped. But you know, that's just the perfect example of, yeah. wow, uh-huh. I well, could cut that right out. And well, I and, yeah. and, the, and the fact that you can't think of right now, what is her relationship to a character like O'Hara? She really doesn't have one, and she probably should, because they're both really prominent characters in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that fact alone just sort of tells you that she hasn't been utilized in the way that she should be. Yeah, that's a right.
1: point. I think it's a good litmus test that you just suggested. Can you define relationships between the characters that don't necessarily go through this the protagonist? Yeah. And if the character doesn't have a relationship with another character without the protagonist, there is a bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that, writers.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> like it.
2: the Blankenship test as, <laughs> a, as, a, as a way to
0: workshop
4: it, Mark. A <laughs> yes. To the <laughs>
0: All all right. for well free. i think if uh this is this is good and i think this could be an ongoing discussion as yes. you chose ago go and so i think uh listeners out there if you have you know another candidate for Pierstone, yeah uh put it on the blog and uh, or, uh, the or record something send it something. in yes you can use
2: it use it as a future segment all right
0: guys it's very exciting i have another tiny triumph <gasps> So, uh, I think our very first tiny triumph of the show was me getting uh, one of my shirts that I had on uh, Clark Wear on the TV show Raising Hope on Fox uh, by uh, Greg Garcia, the guy who did My Name is Errol. So, this week, again, a new episode of Raising Hope. The shirt is on it again. I was just out and about, and I got all these emails from the Clark shopping cart saying people are buying a shirt. I'm like, that's weird. Was there a rerun? Nope. New episode. Same shirt, which I just want to say, that's kind of, uh, I wonder if that's sort of the first time, and I can't think of any other examples that there has been, you know, it's, it's true to the show, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be this sort of, you know, right. lower middle class family. Yeah, they can't afford oh multiple shirts my God, t-shirts. he's actually re-wearing his clothes. Yeah. Yes,
2: and not just re-wearing clothes, but a distinctive yes. shirt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is, I was like, wow, that's like super double points Cool, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I know we know a guy at Fox who's a um, like a producer,
2: he's no, he's a, the... he he is an executive at the studio, yeah,
0: he's sort of like you know, he's Fox's, you know,
2: he runs the show and, for and, Fox, yeah,
0: exactly. So studio I said to him, I said, you know, I really got to get a line out to Greg Garcia to, to thank him and say that's you know, that's really cool, and he's and uh, but then out of the blue, uh, Greg Garcia. Twittered me, tweeted me. And he's saying, "Hey man, no need to send an email. That's cool. School shirt, no problem." So, got oh. an email from uh, Greg Garcia, and that is my tiny triumph.
4: <laughs>
0: All right, it's time once again for the cannon. And Mark is here, and he has uh, been gracious enough to put something in. Mark. Well, um, the
1: show that I feel like in my life deserves to be most canonized is My So-Called Life, simply because it is a show that, when I watched it, um, felt like it was honest to God speaking to some part of me that I didn't understand could be spoken to. And I know that that sounds very Pollyanna, but... <clears throat> pardon me. Pollyanna was gay.
3: But it, it, it but it's true.
1: Thank you, Joe. I'll be kidding. But, but, the, but I really had a very... De- deep connection to that show. It just felt so revelatory to me as this kid in the middle of Tennessee watching this show that seemed like it knew how to articulate the the things that I was thinking about. And this show also, for me, introduced my first real interest in ratings because I, everybody knew... The story of My So-Called Life always came with the story of this show's about to get canceled. Mm. And, um, but I do think that it, it hasn't just been me, obviously, who was affected by My So-Called, my so-called Life. It was everybody. I mean, in my high school we would talk about the show the day after at lunch and such. And I think that for a show that only aired for 19 episodes, My So-Called Life retains a certain prominence in the imagination of people of my generation. And I think that of all of the episodes of My So-Called Life, the episode titled Betrayal is the one that stands up as the defining episode because it encapsulates all of the things that made that show great. And it's no small... Uh, coincidence, I think that it's the show that I most clearly remember discussing at lunch the next day in high school, because (laughs) people were flipping out. Um, One of the things it does, and Joe and I have been talking about this this week, it first of all introduces the humor that the show was so good at that I think sometimes it gets forgotten. Um, The the, the humor of the show gets forgotten because it's so natural and it Well, there was so much
3: angst in in the show. But But there is a real easy
1: humor and it stems from organic situations, as we keep talking about. And one of the great pieces of humor in this episode comes from a, a confrontation between the character Brian Krakow and the character Ricky Vasquez, because Brian has just accidentally videotaped Rayanne and Jordan sleeping together. Mm. And if you know my so-called life, you remember that. And <laughs> this is what it sounds like when, when they talk about what Brian saw.
5: Hey, Ricky. Oh, hi. Is um, is Rayanne, I mean, is she like, is Angela like... I mean, the thing is, hey Brian, could
2: you like pick a sentence and go with it? <laughs> That's one of the all time best lines of the show. It is, and I, t- I say
1: it to this day. Like, yes, hey, actually,
2: everyone does.
1: Yeah, until I rewatched that episode, I had actually forgotten that I got that line from that show. It's yeah. so integrated mm-hmm. into mine.
3: Well, and that mine. was that. Sh- that was one of the things that the show was really known for at the time. Was just you know, there are inarticulate like real teens are, and there was just watching any episode even some of the adults the the amount of likes and stops and starts right. in the way they talk and it's so distinctive watching it back now and i think dawson's creek sort of flipped the script on that and became these like hyper articulate teens. Right. Um, but I always remember my so called life for that.
1: Uh, sidebar. Before I forget, also it's it's worth noting that my so called life is another show where the characters repeat clothes. Yes. And when you
3: mentioned that, I oh, remember. Oh, yeah. Angela that's true. has a favorite flannel that you see multiple yeah. times, and well, the fashions on that show, and to take the sidebar just a little smidge more, there is a, a scene where Sharon Chersky is wearing. <laughs> A blue fuzzy sweater with overalls over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she it's is. the in most episode, breathtakingly yes. awful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so and all. It's such a time capsule of grunge era, like layers right. and flannel and hats and weird. And it's amazing.
1: But um, I think that the reason that Betrayal, to me, enters the canon not just of episodes of this show and not, frankly, just of episodes from the 90s, but of all television history that I'm aware of, is because of what happens at the end of the episode. And that is that Rayanne has been cast in the lead in Our Town, which is a very realistic thing for a high school student to do. And she's playing Emily. And uh, as she is trying to learn her part, her betrayal of Angela by by sleeping with Jordan is exploding. And uh, Rayanne is having this really agonizing realization that she's lost her best friend and Angela is having this agonizing realization that she doesn't know if she can trust her best friend anymore. yeah And what happens is that all of their emotions come to light in the middle of a rehearsal for our town. And the power of the of the final scene of the show really begins here when Ryan's acting uh, teacher and the director of the play, gives her this uh, advice about how to play Emily.
0: Oh, gee whiz, well, she is just now realizing
2: how precious every moment of that life really was and that she never fully appreciated what she had. Just imagine what that must feel like, Rand. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> Seriously?
1: <laughs> I'm 31, and I'm still getting emotional about it because what's what's really beautiful about that is that it really does in a way that most television dramas I don't think can, articulate simultaneously the meaning of our town and the meaning of what the characters are experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just beautiful, and it it teaches you something about the play, about the characters, and it is so subtly written, because, and and I think the acting here helps too. That's a really crafted speech, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like something that an acting teacher or a director might say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, then what happens because My So-Called Life is, although very realistic-seeming, a very tightly constructed show. Uh, What happens next is that the actress who's supposed to be reading one of the parts isn't there, and so Angela, who for various reasons is backstage working on the set, gets called on to read the lines to Rayanne in the middle of the most emotional scene in Our Town. So you have suddenly rayanne and angela acting together and this is what it sounds like when they hit the most powerful scene in the play that we see on this episode
4: were you happy no i should have listened to you (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right. Now, let me tell you, too, as someone who rewatched this episode this week, I, I specifically asked Dave to include the silence in that clip because... Oh, thank sorry. You,
0: thank you for the technical notes. It, <laughs>
1: it, it really helps. You're
0: welcome. I can tell you're in the theater. Well,
1: no, but I just, you know, I didn't know if maybe you would... Anyway. No, you're right. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, guys. It was great being here. And uh, No, it's just that the, you can't see it, obviously, uh, when you're listening to this, but the acting... It, in that moment of silence is really incredible. And what I think is so really lovely about that moment is that the play is actually speaking the things that the girls want to say to each other. Mm -hmm. And it could have been so cheesy.
2: Well, and it always is, because this is is a very common... Thing to do in a high school show, yeah, it's to you know, give them material to be studying that mirrors what's going on in their personal life. Yeah. yeah, and
3: they did that in many an episode, not
2: mm-hmm. just this
1: one, but in in several. Well, but
2: every every, oh, show of course,
1: it. Yeah. yeah, and it's or it's always like when the television is showing the meaningful horror film. Yes, the, but I yeah. think that this really there's a gracefulness to mm-hmm. the way that it's handled in this scene that sort I of agree. elevates it beyond the parlor trick of the writing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I just. It, I'll never forget watching that and
3: just yeah. being so moved by yeah. it. And to this day, I'm still quite moved. Well, watching it again, I was remembering I had such intense and very real feelings about Rand Graf. She was my favorite character on the show. She was always so much opposite of what I was at that time. I was probably like a couple years behind the ages of these characters, maybe two or three years behind. And, uh, Everything that she was was completely out of my scope, but I sort of idolized that about her because she was right. such a fuck up, and she was so like she was you know drinking again, in trouble, and her mom was awful, and uh, and to see her in this episode where it's all about how much she sees in angela everything that she's not right and it's just this show is always such like the swirl of teenage emotions and right. watching it again just puts you right back in that spot where you're just like this teenager who doesn't understand anything and everything's happening to them and i think that show really spoke to obviously not enough teenagers at the time but right. it's like those of us who watched it
1: yeah you and, really remember it and i think another thing that's important to to think about in in this scene, AJ Langer, who played Rayanne, and Claire Danes, of course, who played Angela, are asked to do two levels of acting at the same time. Especially AJ Langer, because they're playing Rayanne and Angela, but then they're also playing Emily and the yeah. ghost. In the, I think it's the stage manager who asks, "Are you happy?" and that's a lot to put on very young actors to ask them to credibly play two characters at once. Yeah. And uh,
2: nah, AJ Langer was not that young.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. She was in her early twenties. But you know
2: <laughs> I think she might have been almost almost thirty. 30. Yeah. Well, oh, God. But it's a it's, it's it's a lot to
1: ask of an actor, I think, to yes. credibly play two characters at sure. the yes, same it time. Is. And, sure. and, and she does a good job of that. Mm-hmm. So all of those things make me think that this mm-hmm. episode
0: belongs in the canon. Oh, well argued, Mark. Um, Tara. What say you?
2: This is a borderline call for me because my favorite thing about my so-called life is something that was not well represented in this episode, which is interplay between Angela and her mother. Mm. Uh, So if I had to pick an episode of this show to put in the can, it would probably be the one with the mother-daughter fashion show, Mm. which still... So good. ...destroys me. Yeah. And there's... even just watching it again because I hadn't watched it until last, I watched this episode last night and I hadn't, I haven't rewatched it in ages. Yeah. Um, there's a moment in just even in the credits when you, when you just listen to the theme song when she's, Angela comes into the room from the pilot and she's crying and she like just dives yes, at Patty yes. and get, gets into bed with yes. her. Like it still gets me that moment. Like that's my, Right. that's my thing for my so-called life. So I, I do love this episode and I agree with everything you said but I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote
4: no. Oh. <laughs>
3: um, I think I've sort of said everything I need to say about this. This also had the subplot... with Hallie Lowenthal and mm-hmm. oh, uh, Graham, bitch. which I know people sort of take that or leave that, but that just reminded me of how much the show relied on the first name, last name thing, which I really loved where everybody it was Sharon Chersky and Jordan Catalano and Hallie Lowenthal. I don't know why I, that's sort of neither here nor there in terms of quality, but I always feel like it made the show more iconic in that way where everybody remembers the first and last names of all these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I already talked about how much I love ran. I love this episode. Watching it again was like a time machine. Absolutely. Uh, I say in,
1: and you didn't you have a specific story about the name Chersky?
3: Did I about Chersky? Oh, I thought you did. Oh, I don't no, know. maybe not. I love it,
0: though. I love that her name was Sharon Chersky. Um, I was kind of hoping this wouldn't come down to me because, you know, out of all of us, the the you know the person that this show speaks the least to is me. Yeah, this, this show's
2: not for dates. <laughs> there
0: were uh, no lasers, or there was no computer class in which you spent your whole high school existence just to basically stay away from everybody else. Also, the library, what? <laughs> um, but that said, um, this was really well argued, and I you know I get to that. You know, this is a show that so speaks to people that were in high school at that time. You know, what was it, like 15 years old 15 now? 15
2: years old. That sticks yeah. with you. And
0: we actually ended up watching the wrong episode the first time around. <laughs> our, our little uh, multimedia center had, uh, had the titles had wrong. And we, I think we watched the episode after, mm-hmm. possibly. So it was sort of interesting to sort of half watch, you know. <laughs> you watch the one with the letter. Yeah. Oh, and the letter. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so it didn't speak to my high school experience. But uh, I can see that it is uh, quality television. And in deference to everybody <laughs> who's ever had broken heart in high school, <laughs> who's ever videotaped somebody having sex in high school. <laughs> We've all been um, there. <laughs> I and for Mark, who put up an excellent argument for this episode. I am going to say it's in. Hooray! Yay! Thank you for swallowing uh, your fury about me giving you technical <laughs> notes about the, the clip. <laughs> All right. So, my so-called life from the first and only season. It's the Betrayal has entered the canon at Extra. Uh, great. Congratulations, Mark. and Thank you very much. For Congratulations, Mark. Well, it's an honor. <laughs>
4: hey, it's Quinn with Quinn's No Middle Ground. So, you know, it's that time of year when the new Harry Potter movie comes out and everyone gets excited about it. Everyone, of course, except me, because I never got the appeal of these films. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the books because, frankly, I never read any of the books, Uh, even though I know you don't have to be standing in shit to know that it smells. So I'm not going to talk about the books. Unfortunately, I have seen some of the films. And I saw one on a plane and it was atrocious. (laughs) And I saw another one, which was basically the same movie, even though it had a different title. And even the Alfonso Cuaron uh, movie, which looked great, was still shite. And primarily the reason why these are bad films is because the three main actors they can't act. It's like Slumdog Millionaire style bad acting. <laughs> and I know Daniel Radcliffe is a cool guy. I mean, he comes across as very cool. He's very pro-queer. I and mean, he seems like a genuine, down-to-earth kid. And Emma Watson is smart, and she looks phenomenal on the on the red carpet with her new cropped garçon haircut. And the other guy, like whatever. But <laughs> none of them. And it's all very derivative. <laughs> and It's the same kind of plot line over again, like Harry Potter has to fight Ralph Fiennes. (laughs) Ralph Fiennes, of course, overacting and stinking up the joint and, you know, it's just absolute bullshit, and I was like mildly thinking I might go to see The Deathly Hollows because it's the last movie and maybe they've done a good job, and then I saw the trailer and the trailer made me almost crap my dance, so no, I'm not going to see it. No middle ground. Fuck off Harry Potter. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh,
1: amazing. Yes.
4: Delightful. Wow.
0: Alright.
5: <laughs> <laughs> what can and, you say and, to that?
0: Uh, I... I yeah, I never understood the whole Harry Potter phenomenon. I've never, also never read the books, but yeah, the movies. Just I Somehow I've ended up seeing them all. Oh, I'm completely in the tank for it, but I, uh, I will tip my hat to Quinn on that because yeah. that was speaking right. of well-argued. It's time for winners and losers, and once again, there is no theme. So Tara, I'm going to have you do the first half of winners, and then Mark, you're going to sing losers for us.
2: Winner, winner, winner. Loser.
0: All right, Joe, you have a winner for us this
3: week. I do. I have a winner of the week. Uh, It is the lady who guessed the Wheel of Fortune puzzle after only one letter was called on the board. Um, This was sort of uh, debated around the internet as to whether this was a fix or a fake Um, if you didn't see it, the, the, uh, phrase was, I've got a good feeling about this. And somebody, uh, she had guessed the letter L. So only from getting the letter L from that, she got, I've got a good feeling about this. My contention is there was the apostrophe in the word I've kind of gives away I've, especially if you know that there's not an L there, it's either "I'll" or I've, I feel like she was able to work from that and get the whole phrase. I thought it was very impressive, but also within the realm of possibility. So I've got your back lady who guessed the wheel of fortune puzzle. You're the winner of the week.
0: Loser of the week this week is Phil Collins. Remember (laughs) Phil Collins?
5: (laughs) Sure. Phil Collins,
0: uh, according to an article I was reading on BBC, and I'm just going to do this really quickly. (laughs) Um, Oh, by the way, when I stand up and point at you guys, I want you guys to say the word side for me. You know, like (laughs) side salad or something. Sure. All right. Um, So Phil Collins um, doesn't do much these days. Um, um, Most of his free time is now spent working on his gigantic collection of artifacts from the Alamo. So that's a little weird. <laughs> uh, decades of criticism have taken their tolls as this BBC article and uh, Collins has little desire to make new music, which, you know, that's hoo question mark and then a question mark. <laughs> um, so here's a quote. Sometimes I think I'm going to write this Phil Collins character out of the story. Phil Collins will just disappear or be murdered in some hotel bedroom. And people will say, what happened to Phil? And the answer will be, he got murdered. But yeah, anyways, let's carry on. That kind of thing. (laughs) Okay. Um, Other highlights from the article. uh, Phil Collins has uh, noticed glowing, semi-transparent light orbs in a series of photos he took at the Alamo. Sure. It's paranormal energy, Phil Collins explains, noting that a psychic recently told him he fought at the fort in a previous lifetime. I don't want him to sound like a weirdo, says Phil Collins. (laughs) I'm not Shirley MacLaine, but I'm prepared to believe. You've seen the pictures. You can't deny them. Therefore, it is possible I was there in another life. And a parting note from the article. A neck injury has left him unable to hold drumsticks. That's sad. He's a drummer. And he used to be a really good drummer once upon a time in the 1970s. Sign his signature. He can't do that either. Or even at times... Wipe himself in the bathroom. Phil Collins, loser of the week. (sighs) All right, guys, you know what time it is now? What time is it? It's game time. Oh, mercy me. We got a big one this week. (laughs) Extra large size because we have Mark here. Woo! And uh, I've learned a couple lessons from past quizzes that involve sound clips, which today's does. Made them a little bit easier, but did more of them. Hopefully, we'll go through them a little faster. They're not all easy. They're not all just chew-ins. But here we go. We're going to go with more TV themes this week, brought to you by the letter B.
5: Oh,
0: aren't we supposed to ring in? No, I think we just say, right? Damn it. (laughs) Yes, I believe
2: We all knew that one.
0: Wait, all right, let's pretend we didn't hear Oh, it. I was making a Hey guys, a let's sound. play the TV theme song brought to you by the letter B <laughs> Batman! Oh, I think Mark got that one. Oh, well God. done, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because I'm a guest. <laughs> we'll file a protest
1: letter. Uh, Blossom. Nice. Yes. Whom I used to be told I looked like before I had pla- uh, medically necessitated <laughs> rhinoplasty. <laughs> Bleached!
0: Correct. Very well done. <laughs> Benson. Big world. Well done. That was well done. I didn't think anybody was going to get that one.
2: I love that show.
0: Ooh. All right. Ready for the extended bit? Beretta. Banana. I got her. Black, Black
3: Adder, that's oh. correct. Bonanza. Oh. Thanks, Mark. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Barney Miller. Oh.
2: Damn. Well played. Brady Bunch. Damn. Breaking, oh, breaking Bad. Oh, Bad. Damn you. <laughs>
3: Buffy for the Vampire ben Slayer.
0: Benson. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the extended bird. One of these times. Give us some butt Mark's doing really well repeating what Joe says. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotten me far in life so far. Baywatch. Oh.
3: I am the stone that the builder
2: refused. I am visual the blues. Well, on the spot <laughs> <and in glow laughs> The you know Here we go.
0: Bold and the beautiful
2: Beauty and the Beast.
0: Oh, oh God damn oh, you the Hamilton returned. Here's how you may remember it better.
2: This is where the wealthy. powerful All right. That show. He's in the sewer.
1: Benson. <laughs> hey there,
5: where you going? Not exactly knowing. Who says you have to call just one place? Oh, he's going everywhere. DJ and B.J.
1: Ends. and the Bearer. thanks for saying it theme song (laughs) that really helped me
2: (laughs) gotta keep track of your score original Battlestar Galactica damn total gas
0: nice total gas yes correct that was really good I, that, it's, just, it's just like garbage music before the theme in that, I just well, guessed it's Antara. Right. here we go you ready?
5: chopping chopping who
3: got
2: that one? Shopping.
3: I thought we said it at the I exact same it. time
2: Shopping. I think, I think Ford let's, I'll give you that
3: one thank you I'll accept your charity <laughs> <laughs> you just give it
0: to me 500
2: he is Buck Rogers?
0: Yes, Buck Rogers. Shot. Oh bam. Wow. I just do you have a self-park to, to thank for that? I don't know. <laughs> Alright. We have two left. Two left. Oh. Hello.
3: Oh. I'm getting farther away from it now. Yeah, I had it first. Is this Benson? Uh. A
0: little longer.
4: Arc so close. Uh, I don't know.
0: Picture this theme playing over a nineteen seventies doctor's office lobby.
2: Bob Newhart show?
0: Oh last but not I least, get ready because it's you gave me a clue. Ready? Yeah. Uh,
4: hey, help. Oh, <laughs> damn it.
3: Wait, pause while we all run
0: around the table now. <laughs> <Yes>.
3: Alright. <laughs> who let that cantily clad lady in here?
0: <laughs> Tara, how many points do you have? Twelve. Wow. Joe? Yeah. Five. Ooh, Mark. I prefer not to answer.
2: <laughs> Mark will go first in second in, <laughs> in double jeopardy. Double Jeopardy, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> not second Jeopardy, that's not a thing. <sighs>
0: Wow Ooh. Bring it, well it around. around I like that
2: So now we're tied
0: I We believe are The, the, the uh, season standings Are now three apiece With a zero For our guests so far but Don't feel bad about that <laughs> you're, you're, You share that with Adam You're, you're so like, handsome You were fresh off the bench, bench <laughs> And you did pretty good <laughs> <laughs> And I really wish I had a uh, Benson clip to pick up. <laughs> no. And honestly I was just saying it. Would
2: you have known If it no, had come out No <laughs> like,
0: I just felt like
1: It's a I thought it could be there Okay Robert Guillaume Yeah Never, forget. Shares my never forget. Never forget. Never <laughs>
0: forget. All right. Well, that's it for another episode, guys. We took College Jeopardy for two hundred. <laughs> took apart Conan's true daily double. We coined the Pierce, and Dave brought a strangely familiar tiny triumph to the table. Our guest Mark brought the betrayal to the canon, and Quinn took the magic out of Harry Potter. <laughs> we had winners and losers. well done
2: guys
0: (laughs) alright thanks again to Mark for guesting my pleasure thank you so much for having me thank you Mark I'm uh, Dave Cole on behalf of Tara Ariana. yes and Joe Reed Phil Collins you'll always be in our hearts (laughs) thanks and uh, we'll see you next
5: week so keep watching Jeopardy 24 hours a day and call this number you dumb son of a bitch you don't watch it 24 hours a day (laughs)